What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. 14, Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Total SF, Kevin Fagan, a familiar voice to our listeners, now with your own podcast, The Doodler. What's up, star podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long journey. I mean, I, I've been going hard and heavy on this thing for a year, uh, but I really started research on it three years ago when I got a call from a cold case cop who said, uh, hey, can you find this old Chronicle reporter for me? And I found the guy, and he shortly thereafter died. And then I asked the cold case cop, Dan Cunningham, hey, uh, tell me more about this story. And then we were off to the races. Yeah, well, we're going to play a sampler of the Doodler podcast after we talk. But I wanted to ask you, everybody talks about the Zodiac. Uh, The very first episode Mm. of this podcast was you and me talking about the Zodiac killer and your Zodiac beat and the big Hollywood Zodiac movie that came out. But I've never heard of the Doodler. Who was the Doodler, and why don't we know about him? Ah, uh, that's you see, that's what made this podcast so interesting. I mean, it's been a lot of work. It's eight parts, you know, fully produced, and and you know, I'm not a uh, podcasting isn't my natural thing. I mean, you're terrific at it, and you do it all the time. I I do it when I you know when something comes up. But what what happened was in 1974, 75, uh, uh, a killer. Uh, who became known as the doodler, would walk into gay bars, uh, sketch a guy, pick a guy, sketch him, and walk up to him and say, hey, handsome, like my sketch? If the guy said yes, the doodler would say, hey, why don't we go somewhere uh, you know, more private? So off they'd go, and he'd stab him to death. And this happened at least five times and probably more. And uh, at the time, uh, it was still you know, illegal, essentially, to be gay uh, for you know, all intents and purposes. There were sodomy laws on the books. Uh, when he started killing, there were, uh, it was the end of the, 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 the era of, of laws forbidding cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get arrested just for walking down the street, for being in a bar. Um, and it made it an easier hunting ground for the doodler because people weren't paying as much attention. Uh, LGBTQ people were... Uh, very marginalized, you know, to put it politely. It was an oppressed, uh, it was an oppressed people. And they, it was a, it was a real era of gay liberation, but it was also an era of oppression. Yeah, you know, and that really comes through. I mean, this is going to be classified as a true crime podcast, but there's a lot of history in it. And I dig around in the archives and I felt kind of simpatico with you, you know, with a lot of the research you did. I I also really love, and especially in the second episode, it starts to really get personal for you. And the Kevin Mm. Fagan comes out. um, (laughs) I think of you as someone who kind of gets in an uncomfortable place, whether it's covering homelessness or a killer and then telling the stories of people who don't have a voice. And we yeah. really get that in this podcast. Oh, good, good, because that's what I wanted. That's what attracted me to it. I mean, I've, I, I, you know, the, the, the crime part, sure, that's interesting. And it's, uh, 
you know, it's always awful when you have a string of unsolved murders. But the, but the whole context of the, the, the LGBTQ people, and you will find out later on that the two main cops who took this thing up were the first black homicide inspectors wow. uh, at SFPD. And they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and they really connected with the community they were trying to help uh, by solving these things. And it didn't get solved. It got close, but uh, it didn't get solved. But the the whole journey was, it was interesting. Usually when, you know, you and I do a long story like this, it ties off at a bow at the end. Um, this one's got a lot of tensions along the way. And it made it a challenge, but but really fascinating to do. Well, it, it gets uh, interesting fast. I love Mike Taylor, who we both work with. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of the most old school of old school reporters shows up as a character in this podcast. He's a PI and I mean, just, you know, absolute cinematic PI. Um, oh, I wanted yeah. to ask you, though, I mean, you're, you're working on this. This story is not completely done. I mean, maybe this podcast ends up writing another chapter of the story maybe maybe the crime gets solved you know you're gonna I'll, i have to say you're gonna have to wait till episode eight <laughs> but but uh, i'm still working on the thing now i mean the, the the first two episodes ran the next one's coming up next week um and i'm still working it mike and i are still working it we talk every day uh, he calls me up and uh, he says, "You're not recording, are you?" <laughs> I say, "No, no, no, we're just talking." <laughs> Kevin, that's how all of our our phone calls start with each other these days. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you never know. Uh, but he's he is a joy to work with. I love that guy. We worked so many horrible stories together through the years before he retired about I don't know ten years ago. Um, but he's yeah, he's he's he loves doing this stuff. He loves researching. Uh, we both love. Uh, we both have a sense of justice. We love wor- working on a story that that you know shines a light, does those journalistic things you're supposed to do, but then you know gives life to the these poor victims. God, they were forgotten in yeah. history, and Mike has helped me find relatives of every single one of them uh, who have not been talked to in you know half a century, and it makes me very happy to be able to to bring some of that to life. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to the first two episodes, which are out right now. Our, our listeners can check them out. And that second episode, hearing about Jay, a drag performer, and then, oh, yeah. you know, really finding out about Jay's life. I mean, I, I, I teared up, and I wasn't expecting to do that. Um, I shouldn't have been surprised because it's Kevin Fagan. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, I teared up, too. I, I yeah. had to table read uh, part of the, uh, you know, one of the episodes yesterday. And, God, I've been on this thing a year and I still tear up when I yeah. think about these poor guys. And Jay, oh my God, what a great human being. What a brave human being and a, and a wonderful performer. I wish, God, I wish I could go to his show. You know, it's, yeah. uh, he sounded amazing. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for doing this. I know it's been been quite a ride for you, but uh, uh, really proud of you, man. I mean, you're a friend of the Total SF podcast. You're a good <laughs> friend of mine. And this yeah. is just like an, a, a really interesting new adventure. And honestly, not totally even what I expected, but um, I can't wait to listen to the rest. The Doodler podcast. Hey, thanks, Peter. You're awesome. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah. So The Untold Story of the Doodler is a new documentary podcast series from San Francisco Chronicle, Ugly Duckling Films, and Neon Home Media. Follow this new hunt for a forgotten serial killer and subscribe to The Doodler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you, Kevin. Right. Thank you.
This emergency call was made on the night of January 27th, 1974. Forty-six years later, I'm standing on Ocean Beach at the spot where that body was found. And we're standing here at 48th and uh, Yaloa. It would have been right across from where we are. With me is Dan Cunningham, an investigator with the SFPD. At some point, when the police got there, the tide was rising, and his body was getting hit by the, the tide. To police in the 70s, right away it was clear that this was a murder victim. The San Francisco Examiner identified him two days later, towards the back, on page 42. Here's Dan Cunningham. Gerald Cavanaugh, who was a a Canadian man, uh, 49, 50 years old. The paper said that Gerald Cavanaugh was a furniture finisher. Whoever killed him had stabbed him 17 times in the chest, the back, and the stomach. 17 times. The article didn't include much other information. In fact, it was soliciting leads. Police provided a phone number for readers to call. So there's people that are out there that were uh, terrified, terrified when they started bringing it back up again and talking about it. It was almost like they don't want me to come by to talk about it because all these feelings came back up again. Cunningham was in high school when Kavanaugh was found on this beach. But today, he's the guy tasked with this cold case and the cases of four other dead men, maybe more. All of them are linked to one suspected killer. Dan and I have been in touch for about two years. We trade information, but Dan can't give me too much. Technically, the investigation is still active. I'm Kevin Fagan. I've been a reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle for 28 years. I've covered the Zodiac, William the Freeway Killer Bonin, and the Unabomber. I lived on the streets of San Francisco for six months to understand the struggles of the homeless. I care about the forgotten and the marginalized people at the heart of this city. And there's one case, one unsolved case, that still angers me, confounds me. Between 1974 and 1975, San Francisco was victimized by one of the most prolific killers of gay men in modern history. Police still don't know who this killer was, but they do know how he did what he did. He preyed on people in queer neighborhoods across the city, in the Tenderloin, Polk Gulch, and the Castro. He went to gay bars, places with disco music blasting and men dancing. They say this killer watched them, maybe while leaned up against the bar or sitting in the corner of the room. He'd pick someone, then he would draw sketching their portrait on a cocktail napkin. Once he showed that man their picture, they were his. The killer would tell his target that he wanted to go somewhere more private. They'd leave the crowded bar behind, and the next morning, the man he had sketched was dead. And that's how this killer earned his name, The Doodler. (laughs) 
Most people in San Francisco at the time never even heard about the doodler. His murders weren't headline news. They were missed by the mainstream media, relegated to the back pages of the San Francisco Chronicle. The doodler didn't even make it into the paper by name until January of 1976, well after his last victim was identified. The question is, why? There was a lot of stuff going on. There was zebra, there was zodiac, there was doodler. So there were a lot of mysterious, random murders. I feel like it was overlooked, maybe just because it had to do with the gay population. People were getting mugged, people were getting harassed, people were getting beaten. And the doodler took it to another level is that he was killing people and getting away with it because the police didn't, to be honest with you, care. It's been 46 years since the doodler lurked in San Francisco. And it might seem strange that a prolific murderer went unnoticed for so long. But police at the time didn't have all the information, tools, and context at our disposal today. And that's why, to get to the bottom of this case, I have to go back to the beginning. That's what this podcast is all about. Putting together what the cops have already found with a new investigation. Mine. I want to chase down the doodler, talk to victims' families, friends, anyone who will get me closer to understanding what happened all those years ago. This story stretches from Concord, California to Bamberg, Germany. I've interviewed retired investigators, online sleuths, drag queens, and queer historians. I've talked to sisters and daughters, and I'm still chasing leads on one anonymous actor and a foreign diplomat involved in the case. This is by no means open and shut. Listen to this series carefully and let us know if anything you hear in this show jogs a memory of yours. We've got a police sketch on our website, thedoodlerpod.com. And if you've got a tip, you can call us at 415-570-9299. From the San Francisco Chronicle, Ugly Duckling Films, and Neon Hum Media, this is the untold story of The Doodler. This episode was produced by me, Peter Hartlob, cable car bell ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Thank you, Kevin Fagan, for joining us today. Follow this new hunt for a forgotten serial killer and subscribe to The Doodler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.